filled with teaching, truths and issues that matter. Bernie Diamond's A Different Perspective, part of Night Vision each weeknight. Details at vision.org.au. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. If there's something that should make us all uneasy about developments around the idea of getting a COVID jab, it might be around the issue of double standards. While getting a COVID jab is beginning to look like it may be a necessity and even compulsory for lots of workplaces to save lives, there's another jab that has an opposite effect, the jab that many of our state governments are promoting. It's the one that kills a euthanasia jab. While governments are supposedly focused on saving lives through jabs, there's a broad group of politicians who want to give the sick and vulnerable a lethal jab. Well, Christian Democratic Party spokesman Lyle Shelton is joining us, concerned about double standards. Lyle, welcome back to 2020. Yeah, thanks very much, Neil. Lyle, it seems to be it's not just from one party or any sort of minority, uh, but there are lots of politicians from all sides who have this same double standard when it comes to euthanasia. Yeah, that's right, Neil. Uh, I mean, here we are in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, The federal government is rolling out a a national vaccination campaign uh, designed to save lives and whatever you know, people will make their own choices about the vaccine, but uh, the aim of the government is, is well motivated, and that is to try and prevent loss of life. And yet at the same time, um, now here in New South Wales, uh, and also it's currently under debate in Queensland, is this issue of euthanasia where we'd give a lethal jab uh, to end lives of vulnerable people. So on one hand, you know, we're focused on saving lives of the vulnerable. On the other hand, uh, using a lethal jab to end the lives of vulnerable and sick people. And look, uh, it's never a good time to uh, bring in a euthanasia bill. It's a, it's a bad public policy idea. But to introduce it in the middle of a pandemic when we're trying to save vulnerable lives just seems to be, um, it just jars. Uh, it, it's, it's incongruous with uh, what we're trying to achieve as a society. You know, that image in your mind of, you know, putting the jab into your arm and it's not about saving your life but taking it, that's challenging. And uh, there are all sorts of creative ways too that euthanasia can happen and these days even developing to the point where it could be pills in the mail or as some people say poison in the mail. There's all sorts of ways of taking the life uh, but all of it is in a sense here killing, isn't it? It is killing and um, it's uh, a real shame that we've come to this point in recent years now where firstly Victoria um, in 2018 legalised um, euthanasia for the first time in Australia. Well, well, sorry, the second time since the Northern Territory in 1996, but that was overturned after a big debate in the federal parliament led by Kevin Andrews. Uh, and, uh, and since that time, activists have been shopping euthanasia laws around the state parliaments And uh, it's always been defeated. During my time at ACL, we saw these bills defeated time and time again. Whenever politicians look at them uh, carefully uh, through parliamentary inquiries, taking evidence, talking to experts, they realise that this is not um, something that can be made safe. Uh, It's not something you can introduce without the risk of wrongful deaths of people who are vulnerable, uh, feeling like uh, the um, right to die uh, then becomes a duty to die. So... So this um, has been pushed in the political agenda 
nationally for a long time. Finally, the dam wall broke in Victoria in 2018. Uh, then we've recently seen South Australia. Uh, that's the most recent. Um, and prior to that, Western Australia. And now it's under debate in Queensland. And then this week, um, Alex Greenwich, an independent member of the New South Wales Parliament, has uh, unveiled his bill uh, for New South Wales. So we are being swamped with this agenda at the moment. There's a cultural message that comes to everyone when they're confronted with these in news items and current affairs programs and all sorts of things that try to soften uh, what euthanasia is. What are your thoughts about the sort of message that's received in the hearts and minds of the vulnerable? Well, it's always put forward in very emotive terms. And um, I'm sure, Neil, many of your listeners, uh, many of us, you know, know people who have had a bad death. Uh, there's no doubt that bad deaths uh, do happen. And, and none of us want to see anyone suffer uh, in their end of life stages, a, a loved one, a relative, a friend. Uh, we, we don't want to see that happen. And um, because, unfortunately, it does happen from time to time, that does... Uh, I guess, gives some credence to the idea of euthanasia. People think, well, if someone's suffering, you know, why not end the suffering with a lethal jab? And um, my my response to that is that um, we, we shouldn't uh, turn doctors and healthcare into um, essentially uh, killing. Um, we should be focused on allowing people to die with dignity and without pain through proper end-of-life healthcare, through palliative care. And I guess what we've seen um, in, in, in recent times is a lack of um, adequate funding for palliative care. We know that um, when people are given proper end-of-life health care, the requests for uh, euthanasia uh, dry up to virtually nothing. And um, that's what the experts uh, have told the various parliamentary inquiries, that if only we um, funded palliative care properly, instead of taking the cheap, and I would say nasty option, of uh, offering assisted suicide instead of proper health care, um, uh, there, there wouldn't be the demand for euthanasia if that proper health care was on offer. You've got state governments left, right and centre going gung-ho to embrace euthanasia. Is it sending the message somehow, Lyle, that palliative care as the alternative somehow or other doesn't work, so we better go and give people the opportunity to voluntarily suicide. What are your thoughts around the importance of a focus on palliative care? Look, it's really important because once you change um, the equation in healthcare where a doctor becomes not, um, you know, goes from being someone who cares, whose uh, Hippocratic oath is to do no harm, to someone who uh, could be potentially the one administering your death, uh, that, that completely changes the equation. And um, by changing the law so that uh, so-called voluntary uh, assisted dying becomes an option, actually um, sends a strong, powerful cultural message to those who are vulnerable, who are sick, um, who, who are in that, uh, as I say, very vulnerable stage of life. The uh, option to die uh, can become a duty to die. And that, that pressure can be very real on someone in a vulnerable state. And we should never put uh, a fellow human being in that state. We should value their life. They should be uh, surrounded by the love and the care of uh, their friends and family and made uh, as comfortable as possible. And that those uh, end of life days uh, or however long it is that someone uh, is with us in, in you know, preferably hospice care, 
um, that that they are nurtured and they are loved and they feel that and they they die uh, peacefully and pain free uh, in that sort of environment, which we know can be provided with the proper care. But euthanasia shatters all that and uh, causes us to go down a very utilitarian route where we um, try and uh, kill the patient instead of killing the pain. Well, Lyle, we know you are in transition right now. You're working in communications and campaign strategies with the CDP, the Christian Democratic Party, and uh, you are the designated replacement for the Reverend Fred Nile when he retires at the end of this year. But in New South Wales, in some sense, you would say you're holding the line in this issue of euthanasia where the Premier, Gladys Berejiklian, has promised not to allow it in this term of government. Uh, how is that looking a little shaky? Look, it is, and obviously um, huge pressure is being brought on Premier Berejiklian to um, to renege on some comments that she made to uh, some of her Liberal Party colleagues, and uh, this was made after the... Um, after the uh, uh, controversial abortion to birth uh, legislation was passed in 2019, which uh, really tore the Liberal Party and the National, well, more so the Liberal Party in New South Wales apart, um, Premier Berejiklian uh, reportedly promised her colleagues that there'd be no more of these controversial conscience votes during this term of Parliament. Uh, now, that's, that's been reported in the media. And uh, we as the Christian Democratic Party would be calling upon her to um, uphold that, uh, that promise that's been reportedly made and not allow this legislation to be, to be brought on. This is being pushed by the likes of Alex Greenwich and um, uh, a Nationals MP by the name of Trevor Khan. Uh, the Nationals used to be a conservative political party, but uh, here in New South Wales, they uh, are in league with the radical uh, green left social policy. And um, and uh, we'd be urging that the Premier not to give in to these radical elements, uh, but to ensure that uh, this uh, isn't given time in the Parliament um, and that, uh, that indeed the New South Wales government focuses its efforts on proper funding of palliative care, not on, um, not on uh, giving out lethal jabs as, as supposed health care. Uh, no doubt this new bill for New South Wales will have... Uh all sorts of strict parameters, uh, but you are a little suspicious that just like everywhere else, those become slippery slopes and all sorts of things come in eventually. Is that something that listeners today ought to be concerned about? Yeah, they should. And, and this is, um, look, it's wrong to, to use killing as, as healthcare. That's, that's uh, the first point. But uh, it's always sold on the basis of um, this will be strict, you know, won't be open to abuse, uh, people won't be coerced uh, in any way, um, it will only be for people who, you know, are terminally ill and suffering intractable pain. This is how it's sold to the community. But, of course, it never stays there. And, and um, in Belgium and Holland and places like this, um, the mentally ill now have access to euthanasia. Um, you do not have to be in intractable physical pain. Uh, if you're in mental pain, you can have euthanasia. Now, we should, have, we should be helping those people, not killing them. And, uh, of course, the Queensland bill, uh, an early draft um, a few weeks ago, it was reported in the Australian newspaper that provision was being made uh, for people who are suffering mentally to also access euthanasia under the Queensland legislation. Now, whether that makes it into the final bill, time will tell, but that was certainly 
on the table. So, you know, before the slope even um, gets slippery, um, the advocates of euthanasia are applying the grease. It, it just never stops. Um, there's always creep and um, it, it becomes a very, very dangerous um, uh, piece of legislation. I mean, in Holland, for instance, uh, they've now got protocols for euthanizing uh, children. Uh, it just goes on and on. Uh, we should be focused on proper care for those who are suffering. And uh, we've got excellent um, uh, ability to do that through palliative care. It's, it's an amazing uh, medical discipline, uh, but it's chronically underfunded. And um, if we go down the path of euthanasia, we allow our politicians to squib the proper funding of um, palliative care and take the cheap, uh, a nasty way out. And, and that will inevitably result in wrongful deaths of people who have um, who have died because they, they felt they had an obligation to, to give up their hospital bed or, or granny who who perhaps, you know, was, was pushed a bit by the family who were eyeing uh, a lucrative inheritance. Uh, all sorts of mixed motives get tied up in this if we go down this path. Well, Lyle Shelton, you point out the double standard at play. When we talk double standards, we're talking another word that often we'll like to talk about, and it's often used in criticism of Christians, the idea of hypocrisy. But here's a clear example of hypocrisy in the way that we deal with the jabs to save people's lives from COVID and a jab to take people's lives in euthanasia. And uh, for listeners who want to connect with Lyle Shelton, and as I said, he's preparing to take over the upper house seat held by the Reverend Fred Nile in November this year when the Reverend Nile will retire. You can connect with Lyle Shelton at lyleshelton.com.au and you'll be able to access Lyle's blogs, his thoughts on things that are developing not only in New South Wales but affecting every Australian. Lyle Shelton, thanks so much for your update today on 2020. Thanks for having me, Neil. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.